This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. How we doing, Trip? Ready when you are. Prepare for warp. Course laid in, sir. Request permission to get underway. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise show. I'm your host, Floyd Dorsey, and in the conference room with me today is the regular guest that I've got here, Brandon Shea Mutala. Brandon, you've got a cot on the bridge, but we can we can assign you quarters. You know, you don't have to sleep on the cot. Um, sure. Yeah, I'll take some quarters. <laughs> do I have to share them with anybody? I don't have to share them with you, do I? No, not with me. Not with me. I, I, no. I mean, you, you might have to, you know, you might have the bunk. You might have to call the top bu- bottom bunk, but, um, I don't know. We, we can just work that out. You know what? I don't, I, you don't have to rearrange anybody. You don't have to move anybody. Tell you what, just give me Daniel's old quarters. Oh, yeah. There, there's a story behind that quarters. I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to sleep in there. That's why I want to sleep in there. Oh, I got you. Hey, there you go. That'll work. That'll work. No one else does, but you do. There you go. All right. So uh, for this episode, Boomers, we have, this is actually episode 99. So we're coming up on, you know, a big mark for Enterprise. And what I had talked to Brandon about doing was let's name the little things about Enterprise that we really like. It's not like really a top five or top ten list, but just what are the things that we really like or love about Enterprise? And I also actually asked listeners on Facebook what were some of those things, and I'm going to be reading some of those also as we go along. Well, before we get into that, you realize there was only 98 episodes of Enterprise. So we are now officially... One more than there was Enterprise. This is episode 99. Very good. Yeah. That's okay. pretty awesome. So, yeah. that That's that's just crazy, you know, to think about how many episodes over all these years, you know, and it started, so, you know, it was like three years ago that it started. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty great. So to get this kicked off, I'll go ahead and get it going. Uh, I posted on our Facebook group. The, the question prompt for the listeners was I said that it could be something that was similar to other series or maybe something that was unique, but what is it that we really like about enterprise? So the first thing that I said 
was I really liked how Shran just throws his drinks back. Like he throws shots back like a boss. So that was, you know, I don't know how many other Star Trek characters are around or anything that, you know, did that, but I just thought that was pretty cool for enterprise. So Brandon, what, uh, What's what's something that you've got? What's a little thing that you have? I really liked Travis's station and how that chair kind of moved left and right. You know, it, they didn't really have anything like that on the other shows until like later on in the movies, I think, where they did it with Nemesis or something like that. Um, but uh, I thought it was really cool how that chair moved around and it was like he did both of the jobs that they were doing almost with Data and, well, I guess Crusher or whoever. But uh, I always thought that his station was pretty cool. That is that is actually pretty neat, and I was I was I really like that, and it kind of it kind of brings in maybe Tom Paris's station in uh, Voyager a little bit. Um, the Travis's station looks a little more practical, you know, to me. But yeah, the sliding chair that's pretty cool. So Justin Oser actually said that he thought that the sounds on the bridge when the crew takes action is something that is very deeply satisfying to him. And he mentions that uh, when he hears Travis lay in course or Malcolm fire a weapon, uh, whenever he's watching Enterprise, those are things that makes him feel like he's really in their world and he misses it on rewatch. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, that the sound effects, it wouldn't be the same without the Star Trek sound effects. Yeah, I think they kept it pretty true. Like, it sounded close enough to what we were used to, but different enough that it was a prequel version of it. Right. Yeah, I I really appreciate that also. So another little thing that I really liked was Archer's office pacing. So you know what I'm talking about here. Like, he barely had an office. It was like a closet. It kind of came to an end, and it had the, the, the roundness of the disc, you know, or the saucer section that came down. So you think about Picard's ready room. It was just gigantic. And it may have actually been bigger than Cisco's office, but he had a pretty nice size office. And then you had Janeway's office, you know, and Janeway's office is huge. Right, right. Like they, they have couches and pull out beds and stuff like that in their, in their offices probably. So Archer goes in to pace in his office. Like he does it like toward the end of the series, like during season three. And you know what he has to do when he paces in his office? He has to duck. Okay. <laughs> the pipes coming through the office. If you'll watch very closely when he does some pacing, Bacula dodges these pipes like a pro. Okay. But I, I just thought that was so cool because we've never seen anything like that before. You know, the, the captain go has to go in his ready room and there's pipes that he has to dodge if he wants to stand up and walk around. So have you ever noticed that, Brandon? I have, yeah. And I always noticed it because I'm a tall man as well, right? So I'm like, oh man, I bet you if this guy's ducking, I'd be on my knees in that room. Right, yeah. And it's, I just, I notice things like that. You know, like walking through the doors with the lip and the top on the doors, you know, that's that's awesome. You know, brings the submarine thought into it. But yeah, as as myself, like I'm 6'3", so walking through one of those doors, I've got to lift my leg up and duck my head to get through. You know, that's that that's another thing that I really love about Enterprise. So what's something else that you you've thought of? So this is more from the technical aspect of the show, but and I know it has a lot to do with the budget, but I really liked 
some of the shots they did of the Enterprise ship when it was orbiting a planet, and they would have it from above, right? And they'd look down, and the Enterprise would kind of just scroll across the screen. Right. And you'd see it either from the top side or the underside or something like that. They started to do that a little bit with Voyager near the end of its run, but I really liked how they did it with uh, with the Enterprise and how the look of the ship fit the frame. Enterprise had some unique shots i thought from other series you know they benefited from advanced cgi effects and by having a cgi model um i i there was some there's some really good uh shots though like planet shots and nebula shots and things like that so yeah i really i really appreciate that also so listener tim cooper actually says that he's been in the u.s navy for almost 25 years and he said that every ship that he served on has had a personality so little quirks that make them unique even from their sister ships so he said ever so often enterprise episodes created that sort of experience by showing things such as the squeak in the captain's ready room the captain's chair that was just a touch too high for him to be comfortable or the scratch that trip put on the hull paint with the inspection pod. And he said that he wished they'd done that more often. And those were the little touches that he thought made the show show more enjoyable and plausible. So yeah, that is pretty cool. He's, he's just, he's naming, those are actually just little things, just exactly like what we're talking about here. And Marsha Pratt, she, uh, she definitely approved of that. Definitely the ship was something that she really loved about this show. I misunderstood the question when you read it to me the first time, or his response the first time. I thought it was he was talking about the dynamics with the crew uh, when I first uh, heard that from you. But yeah, yeah, it's neat that you know this. They always talk about ships like they're a, a she. Usually, it's a she, and they got a personality, right? So, um, just another quick one here from the listeners. Mark Flessa actually said that he loved the base- baseball caps. So I. I want one of those caps and those things are sold out. They're made by Anavos and they, um, Jeff Harlan, he has one for the Columbia and that I want one. I want one. So, you know, if you ever see, if you ever see one around Brandon, that's, that's a total, that's a present for me right there, man. Right after I buy one for me. Oh, okay. Well, they better have two then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So another little thing that I really enjoy about Enterprise is the real food. You know, they had real food. They had steak. They had salad. They It was none of that replicated stuff. You know, they had chicken. It was the real thing. And Dennis Costello, he said the same thing. He loves how... They regularly sat down for meals cooked by a person and served by an orderly in the captain's mess. And he's thought it reminded him of those scenes in Hornblower novels where he hosted dinners for his officers. So, yeah, that's very cool. Oh, yeah. Real breadsticks? (laughs) That you can cut with a knife, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you have patience and discipline. So, Brandon, what's, uh, what's another little thing that stands out for you? Okay, so this is on the technical aspect again, but I got to say, I really appreciate the fact that Enterprise was shot in widescreen. You know, it it really changes how it looks, and it looks and feels different simply because it's in widescreen, and I really like that. I, you know, I remember watching a preview, and I think it was on for, I, I'm pretty sure it was for Equinox Part 2 of Voyager, right, which is the sixth season premiere. 
And I'm and, and the the trailer on UPN showed it in widescreen. I'm sure of this. I remember this. 100%. I remember this commercial. And it was Janeway coming out of the elevator with a rifle, like a phaser rifle. And I'm like, oh, this is great. They're starting to film Voyager in widescreen. And they never did. So I don't know why they would have panned and like cut off the tops and bottoms, but I'm really digressing here. But uh, right. simply the fact that it's filmed in widescreen gives it such a different feel. Yep, I totally agree. It's very cinematic. You know, starting with Broken Bow and the shot in high def, that that helps it so much. And it looks so good now. You put a Blu-ray in or you're streaming the high definition on a, a, a LED TV, it looks so good. This this series looks just, it looks like a movie, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, I totally agree. So, listener Brian Yates said that he likes how everything was new for on enterprise and how little nods to technology that would later be commonplace in the Trek universe. So yeah, I like the part where they, they, uh, Malcolm mentions to Travis that, uh, we've got the new transporter. So when are you going to use it? You know, or, or Travis, you know, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here after you do. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like, uh, are you sure about this? And they go, it's been approved for biological use. You know, and he's like, you're talking about fruits and vegetables, right? He's like, yeah, and lieutenants and ensigns also. And helm, <laughs> and helm officers. What is it? Armory officers and helm officers. That's what they say. So, yeah. I would that's... never get into a transporter, like, ever. <laughs> right. We, that is a debate for Metatrex, you know, and, I, and we, we've kind of actually had that on Warp 5 before where it's, what does it actually take to be beamed away? And what are you when you get there? And then how did you get there? And what had to, what had to happen for you to leave here to get there? So, yeah, that's a whole other, whole other thing. Also, you know, just talking about the, the technology, the torpedoes, you know, do you remember, you know how the, the series actually starts off with the, the little uh, pop gun torpedoes? Yep. Yep. (laughs) So they're going to, they're going to fire the torpedo and you're thinking, yeah, here we go. We're going to blast these guys. And then they, they shoot this little, little, little pop gun torpedo that goes out and just kind of bang, like it just bounces off the ship. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, another little thing that I like is movie night. You know, it's similar to the card game that they had on next generation. And they, did they have a movie night on Voyager? They did in one episode. So there was a season seven episode where uh, Tom Paris was going to, uh, take Polana on a date, and they were going to go see a 3D movie, and then it ended up this investigation. It was it was a murder investigation without it being murders. These people were all put in comas and stuff, right? And the end, the episode ended. They were all sitting down to watch a 3D movie and eating popcorn. But that's really the only one that they had. Okay, I, I thought I saw that, so that's that's why I was wondering. And that Voyager would have been, you know, I mean, it's sort of the uh, centuries ahead example of what Enterprise had. You know, I mean, they're out there and this is their entertainment. And I mean, the, you think about it, the NX-01 was in a really, really small neighborhood compared to all the other series later, but they were really, really far from everyone else. There was no one else out there. So I don't know why that, that just popped into my head about Voyager. Listener John Cipolla actually said that he loved learning about Andoria on Enterprise. 
So in our slow, Mar- Marcia Pratt, she said that she loved anything to do with the Andorians. So, uh, Brandon, were you a fan of the Andorians showing up? I was. I thought they were pretty cool. I really liked seeing the races. Um, we talked about it one previous episode, like the uh, the Tellerites and stuff. I think they look fantastic. And, you know, people are complaining about what's Discovery. What are they going to look like when we get around to Discovery? I hope they look as bad as they do on Enterprise because on Enterprise they look great. You know, the Tellerites look awesome. The Andorians look awesome. I, I trust them wholeheartedly to make whatever aliens they have look great. And, uh, yeah, I think they did well developing the race of Andorians and learning a little bit more about their culture. You know, like the, even, okay, so this is a, kind of a little thing, but even the battle that Archer had to do with Shran and the fact that the weapon they're using is an ice cutting tool is so yep. neat Yep. because they're on an ice planet. It's a cold planet. That's yep, awesome. Like That's an awesome little touch. And it actually looked like something that you would use. You yeah. Know, it, was, it had the blade on the front. It had the, the spike on the bottom that you could climb with or pull yourself up if you fell you know, down or you had to climb on ice. So, yeah, it's actually pretty practical, too, I thought. Um, but, boy, that you get into that. That's kind of a little thing is the Andorians, uh, you know, just how, how they expanded the Andorians on Enterprise. We, you know, we barely got to see anything of an Andorian ever. And even on original series, it wasn't a real Andorian. He was actually, a, you know, a fake Andorian. So, yeah, that's <laughs> the fight to the death. You know, that kind of cuts out, that, that kind of coals the Andorian species down a little bit too, though. <laughs> so, uh, Marcia... Pratt mentions that she really likes Tripp's Southern accent and Malcolm's British accent and Flox's twitches, mannerisms, and pets. That he, I guess, his menagerie that he has in the the sick bay that he's got there. That's those are some little things that she really likes. Oh, when he's trying to catch that that bird or whatever, he's like got that bird. He's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a bird to scare the bat. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was like a predator of the bat. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a night in sick bay. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So this one, I know, I know you're going to like this one, Brandon. This is one of the little things that I really like. I'm ready for it. The sweet spot. Yes. The sweet spot. Uh, show. We get to see the first part of that in broken bow and it's brought back later in season two. And it's just so cool. And it, and, it, and the way they explain it as that it's, it's stuck in between two uh, gravity plates, basically, that it creates this weightless spot, the zero G spot. And that, that just, I don't know. I I like I like science of Star Trek, and I like it when there there's could be some hard science in it. I mean, of course, we're talking about anti-grav here, so it's not too hard of science. But if it existed, that actually kind of makes sense. So that's that's a little thing that I really like about Enterprise. So what's something else that you've got, Brandon? Oh, geez, I'm not sure. Um, I think I might have exhausted my list. <laughs> you had a little list of little things? I had a little list of little things. <laughs> well, I've got plenty more. Oh, so keep going. I can, I, can, I can just hog this, the mic, the whole time. So practical uniforms. You've got a pocket for everything. And, you know, you can't see Picard put his communicator in his arm pocket. Okay, and Archer does it all the time. 
So yeah, practical uniforms. I Norman Lau, when we met him down at the convention there at Vegas, he had a an Enterprise flight suit jacket costume, and oh, yeah. he's like, "I love this costume so much. There's so many pockets." And he's like, right. he's like stuffing stuff in his pockets, like left and right. It's great. <laughs> Did he pull anything out of the arm pocket? No, he didn't. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, Tommy Craft, he's a he's a guest, regular guest on Warp Five. And he made an Enterprise movie, you know, Star Trek Horizon. And he sewed all of the jumpsuits. And I don't remember what he said right now, but it was an amazing amount of pocket or of zippers that he had to do, like 15 maybe or 25. I mean, it was something that was just ridiculous. And he had to actually teach himself how to sew. So to get those pockets looking right and get it all on there, um, yeah, Tommy can tell us all about the practical uniforms and what it was a pain to actually recreate them. All right, so let's go to another listener uh, little thing that uh, really stands out for them on the show. Uh, Yolanda Serrano said that she really liked the Andorian's antennas and how they wiggled just as we arch our brows. Uh, however, she said it's like they're making a double statement. So we don't, we arch one brow and Shran does two antenna. And that is actually, that is actually true because the antenna were part of how they express their personalities. Yeah. The Andorians. And you could tell like when they were mad or when they were being submissive or things, you know, it was, it was, that was actually pretty cool uh, to actually see the antenna actually move and it not be CGI'd. Um, so I think uh, Jeffrey Combs actually mentioned uh, in her interview that there were only a few of those that were actually motorized and that there was, I think, someone just off screen that controlled them. Okay. Like remote control. So that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. And David Tiberius Strock. This is something that you might really appreciate here since you're the host of Melodic Treks, Brandon. He said that he really likes how unique the theme song is. It is very unique. That's all you got? <laughs> I, I, I never, ever had an issue with the theme song to Enterprise. You know, like so many shows, I've said this, so many shows that I watch have got a theme song that's some other song, you know, and it's a part of the personality of the show. You know, uh, House has a massive attack song. Uh, one of my favorite shows that didn't last very long uh, is called John from Cincinnati, and they had a track called Johnny Appleseed, which is a great track. You know, like uh, Sopranos used a song, right? Like just about everything uses some kind of song. That's it's just the way that television goes, and I don't, I really don't understand what the uproar was over it myself. Yeah, it it kind of threw me back because I was so used to the instrumentals. And then uh, hearing the words to the song, it, it did, I'll have to admit, when I first saw it, it threw me back. Like, I wasn't really sure, you know, there wasn't a Star Trek on the front of this. It was just called Enterprise, and it had words on the song. But the visuals were so awesome that it just, you know, you kind of, I kind of, like, tuned the music out a little bit. But then after I got to watching it again on rewatches and listening to the music, that's really the music really goes with the visuals and it really goes with the series. If people will give it a chance, like really listen to it. It really goes with the series. So thank you so much, David. And what's even more amazing is the lyrics are so perfect and it was written for patch Adams, you know, it wasn't <laughs> right. even written for this. I don't know. I didn't know, 
I didn't know that myself. Oh, yeah, I, it's written for Patch Adams. Very good. So another little thing that I like about Enterprise, and it kind of showed up a little bit in Kirk's time, but not so much because you were, it seemed like we were always somewhere with Kirk, and it was the isolation, like how big of a deal isolation is for them. They are really out on their own. And that was completely different than original than next generation. I mean, that was, they were just going around the block and they're passing people just like driving down the street right now. And they're taking people down, you know, like a bus, you know, to the next meeting or whatever it was around DS nine. That part of that, the, the, the hallmark of that was that we are really surrounded by aliens. We're in an alien place surrounded by aliens and even Voyager, it was in the Delta Quadrant, but they seemed to always, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem like they're as isolated as Archer and the NX-01. I mean, I guess a Voyager fan could probably make the same argument for Voyager. And there are some episodes um, like The Void. And there are some really good episodes where they really are stuck out there in like calm. Night. Yeah, night. That's a great one. Uh, where they're just stuck out there. And I guess that really stands out for me. And that's probably one of the reasons I really like enterprise because they're really out there alone and they could be out there for a long, long time. Can you just imagine watching these shows though, with the time that it takes for them to get from one place cool to another place cool? You know, I think you could have done like a a show, an episode like night for Voyager. I know we're getting kind of getting off on a tangent here, but an episode like night, you really could have done an interesting arc in there where you got a lot of personal growth, character growth in that time frame. You could have had that stay out for a couple of episodes and learned a lot about people. Like that's one of the things I like about Walking Dead is a show like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, you spend a couple of like you spend an episode with just a couple characters and then the next episode's a couple different characters. And it part of it's frustrating because if you do have a favorite character, you're not getting very much of them. Yep. But Part of the other aspect is you get an episode where you can really deep dive into one specific character. Yeah, that is true. And then, and actually, uh, this is kind of getting off on another tangent or bringing back that the theme song. Um, there are a lot of shows now that hardly have theme songs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's less than five seconds. So if you took this show, Enterprise, and you gave like a five-second intro... You have two more minute and 30 seconds more of character right and you could actually get into that and then that and a lot of people that say they're thrown off by the the song they might not even have to worry about that for discovery it may not even have a theme song it may just have a little quick tune oh i'm sure they will i think discovery is going to be close to an hour no commercials and they'll have a full like game of thrones game of thrones has got like a you know what is it like 80 or 90 seconds for a theme song oh really yeah Oh, okay okay i hadn't even really noticed that okay but i i just noticed they're like uh dark matter is a popular uh, sci-fi uh, series, and their intro is like five seconds. Okay, I mean it's it's very quick, and it's like a quick cut in between. They start the show. There's a cliffhanger. They do five second quick cut, and then boom, they're off to the next scene. Well, I've been watching Supergirl with my daughter, and there's like nothing there. They actually have don't really have a teaser. It's like ten minutes, and then they like of like solid action and show. And then they bl- they blast you with the Supergirl theme, which for like just a few seconds, and then it comes back with the credits. But that's right. like with commercials on that show. That's fifteen minutes into the episode before they're showing you the credits because they just had right. a ten minute teaser. Right. So yeah, that's actually a little extended of what you usually get. 
Well, talking about Supergirl isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. <laughs> we'll get back to the, the Enterprise listener, uh, Warp 5 listener uh, thoughts here. So J. David Miller said that he thought that the Tellarites were funny in the way that they like to argue with people. And the three-episode arc in season four, starting with the Babel. He also thought that the episode North Star, season three, episode nine, was really cool going into the Wild West. And he said, yeah, I'm an Enterprise addict. I've watched the series many times, and I thought they did an excellent job making the series. So what did you think about the Tellarites? Love them. And I think it's interesting how they, when you first watch the Tellarites in Journey to Babel, that you think that they're just kind of rude characters and you think the guy's fighting, but they actually took that and developed it into being a trait of that race. I think it's really interesting how they did it, and they really expanded on it in the novels, but then they've expanded on it in the television show as well. And again, I love how they look in this show. They look so great. They kind of show their prowess in by how much how rude they can be, you know, or... Or they're showing you how good of a mood they're in by the the put downs that they give you or something. It's like opposites. And I I really really I mean we've talked about this before, but I really like their makeup in Enterprise. They they really took the Tellarites and did something with it. I mean it wasn't just it didn't just look like a pig. It looked like it could really be a humanoid pig, you know, yeah. or something. For on, and I know Larry Nemechek, he really really liked the hoof idea, but the fingers. It kind of makes sense. What doesn't make sense? We should get Larry Nemechek on, and we should do a supplemental episode where we just talk and we act like we're Tellarites and we just insult each other for the whole episode. <laughs> he would probably love it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That would be. I might have to get coached by our listeners on like, <laughs> give me, give me some good comebacks, kind of like Hoshi was with Archer, you know, before she met. I might have to get coached a little bit. Mark Nelligan said that he really loved the not-so-friendly relations that Archer had with Vulcans, and he also liked the Andorian story arcs as well. So the not-so-friendly relations with Archer. Yeah, Archer had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for Vulcans. Not-so-friendly relations? That sounds kinky. <laughs> yeah, so that's a Trek, Trek FM after dark, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah... And again, the, the the Vulcans didn't act very Vulcany. They acted they acted a little closer to humans, a little more selfish. And then Archer also kind of they, they pushed Archer's buttons, especially there at the beginning. Yeah, I liked I actually liked the Vulcans and then how they worked with Archer at the beginning of the series. So the last little thing that I actually have on my list are the set details. So you've got serial numbers, you've got screens that the actual information on the screens actually made sense. I love that about Enterprise. So did you notice that on your first time you watched it? Um, not really. When I watched it, I wasn't really paying attention to the set details too much. I was just kind of looking, what is this show and what have they gotten me into here? So it took it took me a little while, but uh, before I started to notice those things, I think it was probably a couple of seasons in before I started to notice the set details. So yeah, the I really, I mean, I've told everyone that I'm a, an original series fan, and that's one of the things I really like about Enterprise. It really, really calls back, probably 
more than the other series do. I mean, a lot of people say that they think that Deep Space Nine is probably more like the original series. But when you really come down to it, like shot for shot, just the way they're they're doing it, Enterprise really led into the original series. So as an original series fan myself, I really appreciate that about the series. So um, was there was there any any other little things that stood out to you, or any other little tidbits that stood out to you, Brandon? No, those were some pretty good uh, pretty good items that the listeners came up with. I think those are some pretty fun little things, and I think that shows that you know everybody sees different things when they're watching TV. You know. Yep. And then what what makes it your favorite thing? Some thing some things are kind of funny, and some things are personal, but it's the little things that's what makes it awesome. You know, right. that's what makes it really stand out. And I would have to be completely messed up if I don't mention Feasel. You know, Feasel, <laughs> Feasel Flocks, she is a little thing that really makes Enterprise special. You know, so shout out to Feasel there. So, yeah, talk about little things on Enterprise is not the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. So here's some things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM. To the journey! Yeah, that's that's what happened to the Equinox crew. Actually, you know, we we never did find out what happened to them, but in my head canon, they're actually in little hamster wheels down in engineering, making the ship go faster. <laughs> faster, <laughs> Mister Lessing, faster. <laughs> Melodic tracks. Now, both of those tracks make me think of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I definitely think you you're you're kind of right there. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I have only ever seen the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Dear Lord. Meta Trex. And that's that's the world of language that we live in. It's not this this purely referential sense of language. Like when Riker says a minuet, he doesn't just mean, oh yeah, that thing minuet that I can point to, whatever that is on the holodeck, right? The 17th century French dance. Maybe maybe he wants to dance. <laughs> Riker wants to bust a move. Saturday morning trek. When she did the psychic girl? Yes. Like that one where I was just like, really, Nichelle? Yeah. Like that—that that is the direction that you want to go. Like they are putting a a device in the warp control room. Oh no! Like I was just, oh man! But you could tell it was Nichelle, and I was, I was, I was laughing so hard at that. It was so much fun. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. You can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your your podcasts. And if you want to grab the MP3 file or the RSS link, you can visit our website at Trek.fm and they'll hook you right up when you get there. Also, if you're an Apple user, please hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show and that works that magical iTunes algorithm for others to find us. And while you're there, uh, please leave us a star rating and review. And that also helps us greatly increase our visibility for our listeners. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. So if you visit patreon.com slash Trek FM, that's P A T R E O N.com slash Trek FM, you'll find all our current goals and milestones, um, I started out on the network as associate producer at the $25 level. I got on to the patrons roundtable, the second one that actually came around. I was a associate producer for about a year. And then 
I got on the patrons roundtable and that's how I got started. If you could just give a dollar a month, that would help us so much. $5 a month gets you access to the patron zone where you get content. You get access to behind the scenes, maybe some deleted scenes, but we are um, trying to help out our patrons by giving them some uh, access to things that just the typical public don't actually get to see. So you can find out, all the details on patreon.com slash trekfm. Also, if you want to wear your Trek FM fandom, you can find great Trek FM themed merchandise at the trekfm.store. If you've got a holiday coming up or a birthday, um, you got that wish list, you can slip that to your significant other and they can hook you up with some Trek FM merchandise like t shirts, uh, coffee mugs, cell phone cover, and just about anything you can. Just go to trek.fm store. Uh, thank you always to my co-associate producer, Mike Morrison. You can find Mike on the Babel Conference, Trek FM's dedicated Facebook listeners page. Also, thank you so much, Brandon, for taking over the editing and publishing of Warp 5. Um, I, I know it's a little bit extra, and we do this all on a volunteer basis, and I really appreciate your help, Brandon. Hey, you're welcome. It's been a lot of fun. Also, I'd like to thank Tony Robinson, he uh, he hooks us up with the really cool show art. And thank you so much, Tony, for helping out Warp 5. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm slash contact. Look in the sidebar on the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and leave us a voicemail. That would be so cool if Brandon could, he could splice in a voicemail of one of you. Tell us what you like about enterprise what are the little things that you really love and maybe we can include that on a future show you can also contact us through twitter at trek fm facebook at facebook.com slash trek fm and as we mentioned the babel conference type the babel conference b-a-b-e-l into the search field on facebook or go to our website at trek.fm and click discussion on the menu bar so thank you so much brandon for coming on here and talking about the little things uh, this, this has been something I've been looking forward to for months and months and months was just to come in and just talk about the, just the things that I really like and love about enterprise. So thank you so much. Hey, you're very welcome. I thought it was a neat topic and a neat idea. And it's nice to hear what, what, again, what little things people notice when they're watching the show. Yep. So on the show announcements for this, and those of you that are listening in your car or on your computer at work or anything, just jot, jot down a couple of little things that you can think of and be sure to post those on our show announcement in Facebook. That We'd really like to read what you think you really love about this great series. So Brandon, if, uh, if people just cannot wait to tell you about the little things that they love, how could they get in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. Uh, every once in a while, I poke my head up in the Babel Conference, and you can take a listen to my other podcast, Melodic Treks, which is all about the music of Star Trek, and that's here on the network. Um, so I look forward to hearing from you guys. And Floyd, when you're not ducking underneath uh, bulkheads and stepping over bulkheads, where can people find you? Yeah, ducking under a bulkhead and step, stepping over a beagle. That takes some coordination, <laughs> I got to tell you. But yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on the Babel Conference, the Trek FM listeners page on Facebook. So, Brendan, let's go ahead and go down here to this other little thing that I really like, which is Chef's Homemade Pecan Pie. Yeah, that's a little thing that I like. Yeah. So what, what do you look forward to in the mess hall when we go down there? Well, I tell you what I'm looking forward to is our next episode. 
Oh, yes. That's a little thing I'm looking forward to. Yes, thank you for reminding me on that. Uh, Folks, this is episode number 99, so you know what comes next. It's episode 100, and we have a very special surprise for you, so be sure and stay tuned. Warp 5 100, it's a big one, okay? So stay tuned. Boomers, thank you so much for listening, and join us again next time for another episode of Warp 5. 